Hello and welcome back to episode 5 of Turf Talk ahead of the free day Bet Victor meeting at Cheltenham this weekend. It was a cracking lineup of racing. There's also been some brilliant racing in Ireland last weekend that we're going to talk about, as well as Doncaster, Wincanton and Aintree. We'll be talking about all the main results from there and what that brings moving on further into the season. With me, as always, is Jim Watson. Hello, Jim. Hello. And, well, the difference between me and Jim, I think we're both on this podcast, but I think it's quite well illustrated in how we've both turned up today. Big Jim's wearing a quite comfortable looking, lovely fleece with a zip and a polo shirt. From Next, if anyone yeah. wants to sponsor us. Yeah, he looks he looks like a youth worker in a church group, doesn't he? <laughs> he, look, he looks like he mentors people. I'm in a Adidas tracksuit with a Stone Island jumper on. I look like the kid Jim's mentoring. <laughs> you just look <laughs> yeah. like you've escaped from somewhere. Yeah, I look like I'm waiting outside to mug him after. But that's enough about that. Uh, we'll move on and talk about the racing. We'll start with Wincanton at the weekend. Running in the Badger Rails Trophy at present, man and Bryony Frost repeat last year's heroics. They win going away from some kind of king. Finger on the switch was third, tight for fourth between Ramses de Taille and Auntie Anne. Captain Bucks faded behind though. Jim, present man, Badger Rails Trophy. It's his race, isn't it? He's primed for it every season. He, he is the man to win this race. Uh, Bryony Frost gets on beautifully with him and is just a prime example of why her relationship with the horse makes such a big difference. She she won on him last year and thoroughly deserved to win this year. Yeah, ridden out a claim this week as well. I think she's got a wins. massive future, aren't she, yeah. Brian? But present, present man, as he said, this is his gold cup, brilliant. It's the race he wanted to win. I know the owners sponsor it. And around this level... He's quite a useful horse, his present man, I think. He's difficult to beat. I'd love to see him in a Grand National. I'm not sure whether that would be the plan for him, but he's well, a sort of horse that I think... Could... Men- mentioned something about it on Racing UK the other day, so I, I think he, he could be. Although he's feel, I feel like he's been around for years, but he's only eight, and it, I, still, he, I was mightily impressed. He landed the, uh, the race on Saturday just from £2 lower than 12 months ago. So, and he didn't get home last time over three mile two in the Bet365 Gold Cup. But, uh, I, Grand National would be an idea, but I don't think he'd stay. I don't know, it was 3-5, innit, that, that race, the Bet365 at Sandown. He finished third in that. It's, an, it's, it's a sort of solid level staying chase form. He, he was beat 27 lengths, though. I don't know, but it, it, step back was a... Impressive winning that day one. He won it by yeah. half. About, he won it by half the course. I don't know. He, he, he'd certainly would merit consideration. I think going forward as a Grand National horse, present man, maybe maybe not quite a certain bet for me yet. But, but my thing was, I always used to think he he just had to lead and thought yeah. he leads and he plods on. But uh, on demand was being annoying and just keep running upside him and. Not giving him any time to breathe, and he, he, she just pulled him. He sat behind her. He jumped beautifully. He, he jumps beautifully. So, I was really impressed on Saturday, but yeah. whether the Grand National would be a further target, I wouldn't really be that interested. Yeah, good good performance from present man. Another good performance. Vedana Blues won her second race of the season in the Elite Hurdle. 
Nicky Henderson is going to aim at the champion hurdle. What do you think about that, Jim? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I think this was a day in the sun. This was her Cheltenham festival. Uh, she's beat two. We'll call them novices, juvenile and nov- a good juvenile and novice. But she, I thought the ground was just going against her. It just looked a bit soft, and then she seemed to rifle through it. I aim for something like the mares. Is, yeah, is, is ground key to us? She needs it good. I, I do think she needs it good. It was just borderline good at the weekend. It, they were kicking a lot up. Any more than that, and I don't think she would have won. I, I think she's won it. A tad closely here. I mean, you can probably excuse if if the cap fits in. We have a dream, both seasonal reappearance. I know we have a dream, but very fresh, very I know, keen. very keen early on, wasn't he? Very keen, but Vadana Blue. Look, it's the two miles seen at the minute over hurdles, especially in Britain, is about as uncompetitive as it gets. Uh-huh. Blue head and shoulders above everyone else. Vadana Blue could be the second best two-mile hurdler in the country. Could be, and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. And that means there are races to be run with her. And look, off the back of beating Old Guard at Kempton and then winning the Elite Hurdle, I'm not saying she's a champion hurdle winner or a horse who will even be placing a champion hurdle, but she's entitled to be in the lineup. Yeah, certainly entitled to be in the lineup. Would it and make a difference if she was trained by any other person? If, if Bouvardere was not Nicky Henderson's main hope in the champion hurdle. Would everyone's attentions then turn to Vadana Blue in front of We Have a Dream? I don't. I don't think so. Look, I, I know she was getting weight from We Have a Dream today, won't she? And she 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 would be in a normal race with a mare's allowance. <laughs> Again, I, I I think this is her level, Grade mm-hmm. Two, mm-hmm. but. It might only take a grade two horse to win some grade ones this season yeah, in Britain. Because they are fairly weak divisions if if you look at that Although, shambles of a race at Cheltenham, the celebratory hurdle, is it something like that, where Bouverdere faced two rivals. It's not a Cheltenham, it's Sandown. Sandown, yeah, the, the contenders hurdle. The, the contenders the hurdle. annual give Bouverdere a trophy for no reason race. Like... If Bouverdere wasn't right for that race, you could quite happily send her there, isn't you? Yeah, and obviously Bouverdere's plan is very likely to be fighting fifth Christmas hurdle and then the, the pantomime race at Sandown where he'll turn up and be a selling plater and <laughs> a horse like Mahayed will probably turn up for that. Yeah, and then the champion hurdle. If anything's, I say, if anything goes wrong with Bouverdere this season... Vadana Blue's a solid deputy, yeah. I think, and not considering in the Irish the Irish factor, say they seem to have a lot more stronger candidates at the minute. We've, and we will have the Morgiana this this weekend with Sam Crow for he and Mellon, Lorena all hopefully turning up for that. But yeah, I said I can't knock what Vadana Blue did at the weekend. And I was really impressed with this, the cap fits. I'm a big fan of this horse, but he. he, he, he Ruins himself with his jumping. He, he jumps horrendously sometimes, and sometimes he wings them. But I, I thought, I, I thought two mile was just a bit sharp for him. Yeah, that's what I thought looking and at it, it. it. I think two mile four, a bit further up in distance. Over time, I think he'd be a three mile hurdle. Yeah, I, I, I'd say that needs needs further if the if the cap fits. And we'll just have a quick thirty seconds talking about the novice chase. Bags Groove won that. 
Nice horse for Evan Williams. Sorry, it's Harry Fry's. Yeah, you keep you keep saying it's Evan Williams. I know. Every time I talk about him, I say he's Evan Williams. He's not. He's he's ha- he's trained by Harry Fry. Nice staying hurdler last season in handicaps, and he's got his chasing career un- uh, off to a good start. Yeah. Uh, an interview on Look on Sunday with Noel Feely said that he really impressed him the time before when beating. Was it? Jester Jet. Jester Jet at Foss Lass. And Jester Jet yesterday came out and finished two lengths behind Maria's Benefit, so that's fairly strong form. But I was very... My my view on the race, I was very disappointed with Secret Investor. I thought... I watched him win the Persian War at Chepstow, and I thought he'd relish fences. He's a lovely big type, and he jumped like a wardrobe. He just, just didn't get over at all. Yeah... Yeah, but one going forward, probably in the nice handicaps rather than Grave Uncle Bunny Bags Groove. Yeah. So, and there was also some quite decent racing up at Aintree. Now, I know we've talked about Holstone before on this podcast and saying, you know, he's probably the benchmark for the three-mile hurdlers. It might only take being the benchmark to win it this season I liked what he did Vizy on the flow you know what I mean Harry Agrippa and Tom Patu with the four horses he beat which is all all solid form Agrippa won the cleave last year you know and it might just take a horse like Holstone just solid and exposed but exposed as being at quite a high level Mm -hmm. and you know there's doubts about the staying division, I think, at the minute. And this was a trip shot of Holstone's best. And, yeah, it, it merits consideration again, I think, after this, for the stayers' hurdle. The standard is very low this year in the stayers' hurdle. Uh, he, he's probably is the benchmark. Vision de Flore ran his race. They're doing a bit of a Finian's Oscombe yeah. Vision de Flore, aren't they? Negative on his chase start. He's got a massive engine, as Vision de Flo, but it's just not quite clicked he's got, with he's him got yet. Some, he's got a big. He's one of them horses. He's got that big grade one in him, and you don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean, Harry. He ju- he just looks slow. He was outpaced. Yeah, really, uh, I don't. I'm not sure. He's, he's been a grand horse in his time, but he's, he's, he's certainly probably on the decline nowadays. Un temps par two. Well, he's a horse. I've been really excited to see you back because I know David Pipe wants a Grand National campaign with him. This this race didn't suit him. It wasn't his sort of race, was it? No, this race didn't suit him, I don't think. But look, back in action, I know he was always behind. Do you like him for you like him for the national, don't you? I think he'd be. A, I think he's a cracking shout for it. I really do. I think he. I think he's got a massive chance. Well, looking at his entries, he's entered in the Betfair Chase. He's entered over hurdles. And he's entered in the Labrooks Trophy. So, the what? The H word? The Labrooks Trophy. Not the H word. Well done. <laughs> We're going to go through this race, me trying to not call the Bet Victor the Paddy Power <laughs> as well, as I will do multiple times. Abolitionist as well, Jim. I know you're a fan of this horse. I like him as well. He was a really nice horse. But Elmery Holden, who yeah. trained him in Ireland. Yeah, and really impressive. F- and I love when Dr. Richard Newland brings his horses over from France. They always, oh, Ireland. Ireland, yeah, Pino de Rey yeah. won the Grand National They, they always find so much from the previous trainers, and I'm a, I am a really big fan. The organist was given 
a clever ride back in second. Yeah. As if to go, this is a Potemps qualifier, we'll finish second beating 10 lengths so that we'll get a nice low mark in the Potemps. But I think they messed up with the organist last year. Yeah. They went for the wrong race at Cheltenham, didn't they? Do you think? What should it have been, Coral Cup? They went for the Coral Cup. Did they? I thought... And they didn't, And they should have gone for the, the Potemps. Yeah, because I, I, I remember, I backed her. Yeah. I backed her at Cheltenham. I, I backed I, the I organist for the Potemps and then it was non-runner. So uh, I, I think if they give her a good campaign for the Potemps this year, she'll, she'll probably run the same type of type of race as she's done it. Yeah. I think she'll be in the first three. I know ab- abolitionist was entered in the national last season, wasn't he? And he, he missed all of last year through injury. But he'll be eleven come entry. But he's he's, he's still in good he's still in good heart and he's a nice horse. He is. He, uh, given a lovely ride by no well now freelance Sam Twiston Davis. I think his partnership with uh, Dr. Richard Newland's very good. So I think there could be a lot more to come from Abolitionist. Although he is a 10-year-old, he's still not really feeling his age yet. He's ran 48 times, 8 wins. He's ultra-consistent over staying distances. And I, I, th- I think you should just keep him in mind over the next couple of months. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Abolitionist is a, is a really nice horse. And we've got a poignant winner at Doncaster as well with Don Juan Triumphant. I know. Jim? Uh well, we all know the tragedy that happened at, outside Leicester City's ground and one of Vichai's best horses, Don Juan Triumphant, won the big listed race there. Perfect ride by James Doyle. Uh, I thought Hey Jonesy had it won. I didn't even see Don Juan Triumphant in the final furlong. And yeah, really good for the sport for him to still be, them still having the horse horses in training. And yeah, he ran, ran a cracker. Yeah. Also, a horse that I'm, I saw, I can't understand how it slipped under my radar and I didn't really fancy it, but Royal Line winning the November Handicap. Uh, absolutely cantered over him. If, if Last year, there was a bit of a gamble on him and they all thought, I think he'd only had four runs and he was really, really strongly fancied. And now, this year, year on his back, bit bigger, stronger, lands this handicap smoothly, I'd say. The the opposition had nothing on him. And Royal Line could be one for next season to keep your eye on still. And he could even progress into listed or group three class, I think. Yeah. And now, we'll, well, we have to talk about as well the Poplar Square Chase at oh, Nace. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Jim, what went wrong for Footpad? Because Nicky Henderson, in the space of a week, has gone from having Altior questioned in some parts of the Irish going, we've got the horse who'll beat Altior. Bouverdere questioned the Irish going, we've got the horse who'll beat Bouverdere. Sam Crow's been beaten, Footpad's been beaten. Well, he fell, but would have been beaten by St Calvados, I think. He looked like he'd never, he's not seen a fence in ages. He looked like he'd not seen a fence since last year. He jumped like an absolute donkey, Footpad. And I, I don't know. I, I'd be willing to. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. He needed the run, and he'll be back stronger next year. I think I've seen seven to two in the Queen Mother, so I could be tempted. 
What do you make of the winner, St Calvados, who was a really impressive novice last season? A solid type, so, absolute solid. Uh, his win at Warwick was the most impressive, beating Diego de Charmo by 22 lengths. Yeah. Who, who then went out and won that grade one at Aintree. So the form was very strong there. I think they just cut the throats up yeah. front last year. In the arc. Petit Mouchoir. yeah. I, I think the race just set up for footpad. Yeah, yes, yeah, St. Cal, it was a, I, I'm not going to say a, a bad ride, but it certainly played into the hands of footpad. It did. Uh, St. Calvados was riding the Arco last year. And if you take that run out, out of the equation. He did nothing wrong last year. No, really, if, yeah, if, if you take that run out of the equation, is it too much of a shock that he's beaten footpad? I know Footpad was an exceptional novice. It was a shock that, well, I deep down don't think that Footpad would have passed him anyway. No, I don't either. Even even if he'd stayed on his feet. And that's probably saved him a bit that he's fallen. And I'm not saying that Ruby Walsh jumped off because the stuff that people say about Ruby Walsh jumps off really grinds my gears. What are you on about? He's a crook. Oh, he's a crook, Jimmy. He falls off horses really for fun. Not. Can I chuck someone off a horse going 35 miles per hour? Ah, he's a crook, Jim. Oh, it's disgrace. Oh, bloody idiots, aren't they? Oh. Absolute morons. But St. Calvados, Harry Whittington's come out and said that he's only going to have five runs this season, five or four runs. So he's going to go Tingle Creek, Creek next. The Tingle Creek could be some line-up with Altior now going there. Straight there, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be even tempted to send Footpad over. Well, he's 12-1 to 1 in the betting at the minute, Footpad, for the Tingle Creek. So that's interesting. If, if he's fresh and OK and all well. So, St. Calvados, deserving winner, but possibly could footpad will excel him in the couple of months to come. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm similar of the vein that it's easy enough to forgive footpad this run. But if you're talking about the two-mile championships... I'm probably still more inclined to think St. Carlos has done him on merit today. Yeah. Because you are, he's very, very well excused for that run at Cheltenham, I think, because it was, I say, St. Carlos and Petit Mouchoir had their own separate battle at the head of affairs for most of the race, and that just played into footpad and brainpower ended up finishing second, didn't it? Yeah. You know, it played into their hands. Whereas the run at Warwick before, 22 length spanking of Diego de Charmil was mightily impressive. And I don't think anyone should be as shocked as maybe people are that St Calvados has beaten footpad today. But just to think on Diego de Charmil, I know this is going off topic, yeah. but uh, his poor run at Exeter, the Holden Exeter in the Holden Gold Cup, his shoe came off and yeah. some of his back of his foot came, well, yeah. once it come off. So, I could excuse that run, because he could be off for a bit of time Yeah, there's still races to be won with Diego de Charmel, I, I think. Diego de Charmel could be a decent horse this season. Yeah. If, if he's fit enough to carry on running this yeah. season. So. We'll, we'll give a quick mention to old God's own as well, getting winning his first race, was it for since Punchestown? Oh, since he won the grade one there? No, I'd that- back Diego de Charmel, and after he, I knew he was beat, I was cheering on God's own because he's a horse as I've been growing up that I've grown to just love. Uh, he's he's raced, he used to do Cheltenham, Aintree, Punchestown, he used to do all the yeah. big meetings, always turn up, be solid, second, third, yeah. and 
or even win. And yeah, he's cracking old. And he should have won a champion chase. How on earth he didn't beat Special Tiara that day <laughs> when he looked the winner. <laughs> he was so much. Yeah. So much. When once Duvan were out of that, he looked at and he thought, this must be God's own. But yeah, cracking to see one of the old boys win win another good race. That that's what makes the big difference between the jumps and the yeah. flat. You get to you get you almost build up a, a rapport with with Your horse, the older yeah. horses and because you see him run week in, week out. So well done, God's own. Yeah, cracking animal. Right. Time for this weekend's action, the Bet Victor meeting. Anthony in second, bless the wings in third. There is a field of seven, Jim. Count Merribell, Graston, Jenkins, LeBroy, Jerry's back, Mr. Whipped and White Moon. It's quite an exciting lineup. then. A lot of them look like they'll improve for chasers. The one I'd like to start with is Jenkins, who's possibly had the easiest task he could possibly have imagined on chasing debut, beating the 52-race maiden in a match race. But he did what he did. Fair enough, uh, fairly well enough. Grade two handicap winner over hurdles, and he's got an immense amount of ability, Jenkins. I think he's he's always had that reputation of being this second coming, and everyone's talked about him saying how good he is. And then I don't want to say he's been disappointing because he's really not, but he's sort of let down almost, as in he's not won as much as he probably should have. He's a bit of a nutcase. To be yeah, honest. he's 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 not been the easiest horse in the world to train, but when he gets it all together, he's seriously, seriously talented. He is, yeah. Mister Whipped is a Henderson's other representative in this. Jeremiah McGrath, a horse I'm a really big fan saddle. of. Uh, last season, he beat a horse in the novice hurdle at Warwick called Paisley Park. Now, Paisley Park has since come out and won yeah, a handicap at Aintree, and he's now joint favourite for the what used to be the fixed brush hurdle at Haydock. Haydock. So, but then after he, he won that, uh, he looked an unorthodox style of running. He was a bit all over the track when looking like he was easily going to win. But then he went to Musselburgh, and he got beat by Red River, who's Kim Bailey's, and he's not run since. And I was slightly disappointed that day because he probably should have won. Yeah. But he then went on to the Albert Bartlett and the potato race at Cheltenham was a bit confusing, to be honest. Nothing really went the way of anyone. So I I, I like Mr Whiptoe Fences. He's a nice big type and I think he could improve quite a bit. Another horse I I quite like and I think he looks like a chaser is Tizard's big grey white moon. Mm Mm-hmm. Who won his first three over hurdles, well, a point and then two over hurdles last last year. Slightly disappointing on his last start in a race won by on the blind side. But again, White Moon looks like a chaser. And this this is a good opportunity to test his metal against some horses but these, who we know is, more about. This is a very strong level of novice chase, and I think that there's they've all set a decent standard over hurdles, but they've not necessarily to set a decent standard over fences. So I think White Moon could step up and challenge the market. 
leaders. I quite like Jerry's back. Now, I was there that day when he won at Weatherby, and I was very impressed with how he jumped. Jerry T even came up to Weatherby, which I don't think he's ever been that far north. So, <sighs> so and he had a big name in point-to-points with Derek O'Connor winning by 10 lengths. And I think he's had a year off, and I think... He, he could improve for fences like the rest of them. Yes, it's his, his first run since February 2017, Jerry's back, but a horse who has significant potential. Count Meribel, and he's another one who's probably around a similar level of novice hurdle form to Mr Whipton, White Moon. Not quite at the top of the novice hurdling tree, but he turned up in a lot of the good races, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And made, an, made quite a nice chasing debut up at Carlisle. He's already got a rating of 143. I think that's over very fences. high. It's steep, but in in something like this, you know, where they're all off level weights, he sets an all right standard. Count Mary Belt. Jim, if I had to push you for a selection, who would you go for? I think I'd go Jenkins. I'd agree with you here. Yeah. It's very rare that we agree on, it is on rare. one race. It is rare, but I, I, I'd like to think. Jenkins is a sort of horse. I think he could get the lead and dominate the full way. He's he's the only one of these I see potentially going on to bigger things. Yeah, winning winning a race a novice chase at the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah. I don't think Mr. Whipster's grand or so is Count Merribell, but I think they're a lot less likely to win a race like the RSA than yeah. Jenkins is to win. Even the Arkle, because that race looks wide open at mm-hmm. the minute. So we both we both like Jenkins. We both agree with some. Pigs are flying. <laughs> I mean, the cross country race is next. And do you want to talk about this, Jim, or do you just want me to talk about Tiger Roll for half an hour? This isn't a race that I've really got a strong opinion in. So I, I, I could. I'll talk about Tiger Roll for half an hour then. Yeah, just talk about Tiger. Tiger Roll for half an hour. Just absolutely adore him. Absolutely adore him. Absolute maniac of an animal sometimes. But the reigning Grand National winner, he comes into this, it's only a seven-runner field and there's, there's a few of the usual suspects in there as well, Josie's orders and old Bless the Wings are both in there. But Tiger Hall should be winning this really, I think, fairly easily. I know he'd be, he'll, he'll be giving tons of weight away. But... I mean, he's as close. If if there was a grade one over four miles, he'd win it. He'd be up there. Native River would be bang there as well. Native River would probably Native River and Tiger Roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if yeah, I genuinely think he's as good as there is over this distance. Is the reigning Cheltenham Festival cross country winner, reigning Grand National winner, and it's cracking to see him back in action as well and giving a proper campaign because we don't see that from Grand National winners very often. A lot of them tend to be protected and go over hurdles. Tiger Hall will probably be top weight or there or thereabouts of the National this season. Who'd have thought that a Nigel Hawke-trained juvenile hurdle winner would be a three-time Cheltenham Festival winner and a, goal and a Grand National winner? Who'd have thought that? Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a flatbread, isn't he? He's, he's a flatbread. He's out of authorised. Yeah, he's by authorised. And he's... I didn't realise this. Azima. Do you remember Godolphin's stayer? Not really, no. No, quite a good horse. Quite a good cup horse on the flat for Godolphin uh, over two miles. Yeah, he won. I think he won the Lonsdale Cup once. Jeez. 
But I didn't realise he's Targaryen's half brother. Is he? Yeah. So he is perfectly flatbred, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, f- full on, full on. Stradivarius, watch out next season. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I say I can't wait to see Tiger all back in action. And then we finally got the Grade Two novice hurdle, which is registered as a high novice hurdle. I think all, 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 all two five races are now the Ballymore, mm-hmm. leading up to one at the festival. This is the one registered as the Hyde. Pim leads the betting. He, he has a high expectation because of his colours, I think. Because he shares the same colours as Altior, everyone thinks he is Altior. And well, he won the same race at Chepstow, didn't he? Yeah. And last time out, I was very disappointed with him when he lost to Anamoy of Harry Whittington's. Yeah, yeah. Who didn't really have the form to probably beat Pim, but maybe improved for the hurdles. So, I, I'm... I'm not a big fan of Pim. I'd rather go for something at a bigger price, like Double Treasure at eights. Uh, he finished second in the Persian War, which we've talked about previously, about Secret Investor. He's, sta- he's staying over hurdles, unlike the winner of that race. And I think he he ran in a handicap chase and he runs over hurdles, but I think this could be a race that could suit him. He's sort of the standard setter in in my opinion. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I, I, I think Double Treasure's very solid look. Again, this is one of them races where I don't think it'll have any actual bearing on the Ballymore. If you look at unexposed types, Darlac could be next in. He's only had two races in England. He finished seventh over one mile seven on his bumper, bumper debut, debut and then one over hurdles over two mile four. So he could be the unexposed type, but... Apart from this, this is quite a weak grade too. So if you win this, you could, you've got a nice bit of black type there. Yeah, I mean, talking about setting the standard, Cool Anley, Fergal O'Brien's 12th at the Cheltenham Festival in the Ballymore. He's a second season novice and then fifth in the race won by Lalor at Cheltenham. Sorry, at Aintree. <laughs> uh, look, I say you're, you're kind of looking here, aren't you, for... For angles, I'd, I'd I'd think it'd probably be one of the more experienced types. I think this race could be just a watch and learn race, yeah. rather than you not having a bet on this race. Just have a good look and see. Yeah, yeah. I'd 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 go double treasure or cool Anley for me to beat Pim. Double treasure each way value at eights. I think so. That's Friday all done now. Yeah. Move on to Saturday. We will move on. To the Saturday. The top Bellamy holding on at the moment. Stargate Dex is trying in second place to get closer. Represian behind those but Flash of Dins in front. Lead by a neck and he's won the bed, Victor. But we'll start with the first race on Saturday. It's a grade two registered as a Prestbury juvenile hurdle. This looks as strong as we as a race for three year olds we've seen in England this season. Yeah, I, I agree there. And Montrestrel. Uh, should be leading the market. Uh, the form of that juvenile hurdle at Chepstow looks really strong, and at the time, 20 to 1 shot, we all thought, oh, 20 to 1 shot wins, that won't win again. But the form of that race is really strong. Beat Kel Destin and a horse that I'm not going to try and pronounce. Elise. Because I just can't speak English. So, and it's under Jane Williams' name, which is uh, Lizzie Kelly's mother. Yeah. So. That was their first winner under her name. So I think this Montrest Drell could be something better to come. 
Yeah, I I really like Montestrella. I know he caused a real upset when he won that day at Chepstow, but I say Kelbestan, who he beat, sets quite a good level of form. As does Fan Fan de Soy, who was running a good race when coming down late on. They're all entered in this as well. Cracker Factory is probably the leading juvenile we've seen in Britain this season. I agree there. Yeah. Already won the listed race up at Weatherby, the Wensleydale Juvenile Hurdle, uh, in the colours of Simon Maneer and Isaac Swade. The McVitie's boys. Yeah. The, the, so, well, so, yeah, I, I, Cracker Factory let me down a bit when losing at Market Raisin, but then bounced back superbly when beating Chief Justice, and I thought Chief Justice was a fairly decent type for juveniles this season, uh, beating comfortably. So I think this could be a really good race. I think come to the last ideal scenario, Montrestrel, uh, Farfan de Soy and uh, Fanfan de Soy and Cracker Factory all come to the last and we'll yeah. and these, it out. These two really interesting ex-French types in this as well having their first runs in England. One of them is Alan King's Fret Destruval, who's won two of his free starts over hurdles, brought down on the other occasion. Formerly with Guillaume Maquet, but he's, he's won two two free runner races yeah. in France, and it's that sort of form that you look at early season juveniles and you think, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they run him against Cracker Factory, because they're both trained from the same yard and they're both owned by the same people. So be interesting to see if one runs or if they both run. And the, the other one is another ex-horse from... Guillaume Maquier. It's Never Adapt, who's now with Nicky Henderson in JP McManus's colours. Ten length winner on the flat on her only start over two miles. I mean I've I say I've never I've obviously never seen that race, but reading the bare form of it looks impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, ten length win over two miles. I'm really looking forward to this race. I think Nicky Henderson quite nice. always has something primed up for that first juvenile yeah. hurdle at Cheltenham. Apple, Apple Shakira, my favourite, for yeah. example. So I think this race could be a decent race to watch. It probably just another watching race rather than betting race. Uh, I'm, I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. There's a lot of really exciting little types in this. I'd probably go for Montestrel at the minute. I, I, I'm a fan of him. I think I think I'd go same. I think I'd be the same. So at the at the moment he's currently four to one. So I think he could be decent value at four to one. Yeah. Never adapt was always going to be favourite at eleven to ten because he's unexposed in his Nicky Henderson and his JP McManus. So I, I'm really looking forward to this race. Yeah, we'll move on to the next one, which is the Maladjewelers.com. Novices Chase, the world's end odds on favourite. He's just going to win, isn't he? It's just a, it's a schooling lesson for me. I was very impressed with the way he jumped at Chepstow. Uh, he drew clear of now McGinty. Now McGinty's got, in this. Got also in this, but he's got decent form. He won handicap hurdles by nice big distances, and I think there could be a lot more to come from the world's end this season. Uh, but is the ground a, a big thing with the World's End? Uh, I don't know. I'd, 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 I'd like to see this before I, before I supported him because he completely lost his way over hurdles, I think. He did. Completely lost his way. And 
he's already he's already rated one five five over fences, which is the exact same as he was over hurdles after one start. He couldn't have been any more impressive on debut. But odd, odds on, I've, I'm thinking if you're you know if you're Paul Nichols and you've got the second favourite in this, which is Ibis Durow, who again is another one who probably never really fulfilled his potential over hurdles. I, I always thought they were a big race in Ibis Durow. And it ne- never really he's came about. He's always been that nearly horse, hasn't he? Yeah, but he's he's look he's experienced, didn't he? As well, he's finished finished fifth in the Close Brothers race at the Cheltenham Festival, mm-hmm. and then fifth in the race won by Thomas Patrick at Aintree. I've, I've, I think if you're Paul Nichols, you're looking and you're thinking we could get the world's end beat, and at eight to thirteen, I won't touch the world's end. No, I won't touch it uh, again. Could be a lot of watching this weekend rather than backing, but yeah, I, I could see the world's end winning by ten. I've, I've, I think he's the most likely winner. Mm-hmm. I think he's the most likely winner. There's not massive amounts of depth in it. Uh, Judgment Day's in there. Shannon Bridge, Fiesta Territory was meant to be going for the Grand National this season, isn't she? The mayor. Fiesta Territory's also entered in the 150 at Cheltenham, the Grade Three, so he could possibly go there because it is a novice chase, and they normally cut up, don't they? Yeah. Quite a bit, so I could see possibly only four runners being declared for that. Yeah. Are we both in agreement then? The world's end wins, but well, not we're not backing him at the odds. No, not eight to thirteen. If he goes any bigger, though, I will back him. Yeah. If he hits even money, yeah, I'd back him. Pile on. Yeah. The big Cheltenham staying handicap chase now, which is another Bet Victor handicap chase, because they don't come up with other names for it. Yeah. I say me being a little bit of a Grand National nerd. This is a race I always. Pour over. And guess what? There's a staying handicap chase at Cheltenham. Guess who's favourite? Single farm payment. Single farm payment has <laughs> been favourite. Been favourite for every staying handicap chase at Cheltenham for about the past two seasons. He's going to win one. He must win one. Surely. Surely single farm payment is going to win a staying handicap chase one day. He should do. He should do. He's he beaten a short head last time in the April meeting. But... Again, is he becoming a bit of a nearly horse? Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't touch him at eight to one. <laughs> he is each way value, and he will probably finish in the first four. I think he's solid, isn't he? And he is solid and consistent, but I just think he's forgot how to win. Do you? Yeah, I, c- I could see that. It's just the amount of times he has been beaten. Yeah. In races, he he should have won. Yeah. Look, don't get me wrong. I like single van payment. I think he's solid. Is is Consistent. You've always got a standard setter with single yeah, farm payment. Yeah, you know exactly where he is. And he lights up the division, that sort of division, because he is, he is that the, level. Yeah, he's rated. What's he rated now? One four six. Again, very solid. And again, looking at the Grand National sort of race, I'd like to see single farm payment in. It's nice to see the old boy Coney Gree. Coney Gree's in this. In at fourteens. Yeah, do you reckon he'll run? Apparently he's been given the go ahead. Yeah, I've I, I did that as well. I love Coney Gree. I, I backed him when he won the. Gold I backed Cup. him when he won the Gold Cup oh, as well. And I've roared the house down when he won, and he's forever in my heart for that. But he has gone off the boil a lot now, and I don't think he's the same as what he used to be since his injuries. He's just been wrecked, Annie, by injuries, bless him. But I say that would absolutely raise the roof if Coney Gree won that. The young master, joint favourite with single farm payment, Jim. I know he's a horse you've kept the faith with. 
I know, I backed him last time out when he won at Chepstow, uh, beating Traffic Fluid, and then Traffic Fluid since come out Ascot. and won at Ascot. So that's really strong form. Uh, I backed him since he fell in the Grand National behind one for Arthur when he fell at Beaches, and that day I, I really fancied him to beat one for Arthur, but then... There's the rumour that that twig got stuck between his legs and that's what's made him fell. I don't know if you remember it. But, yeah. But I've always backed him since then and he has been a bit of a cliff horse. But He started to put it back together, didn't he? He, he had, I know he won the big race at Sandown in, in 2016 when he was only. Only fact, he first came onto the scene when he won the Badger Rails trophy, didn't he? He did. And then they found out he but shouldn't have actually been allowed to run in the race. eligible to run, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, went a few years in the wilderness, but he's been getting it back together recently, the young master, and again, a very, very viable candidate for he's this. A, he's another standard setter for me. He'll be there or thereabouts. Whether he's quite good enough to win this, I'm not sure. But Callit Mad is an, a horse that you're quite a big fan of. Yeah, he's one I think has got a big race in him. Definitely got a big race in him, and this is a sort of event I'd be looking at Callit Mad for if, if he was going to win something. Look... I was marginally disappointed when he finished fourth in that race behind Relentless Dreamer last time out. But his first race of the season, and again, he's one of these at... This is his level. This is his level, staying chasers around here. And is the sort of horse who you'd be looking at again and thinking, he wins this Grand National. Mm-hmm. Grand National... And very much in the same vein with a single farm payment. There's a staying chase at Cheltenham. Cogri's here. Cogri's in them all, isn't he? Cogri's here again. He ran well last time. He, he did. He ran better than I was expecting. He, he only went down a neck in that race where Calitmad was fourth. So, he's a, this division at the minute is just a bit... And I know we complain about on the flat that the we see new faces and we never see old ones, but I'm getting a bit bored of this division where they're all just running against Rock the Casbars there, uh, the Gilios there. <laughs> perfect candidates being, yeah. as a cracking animal, I've got a right soft spot for perfect candidates. So, I don't really have a strong opinion, but I'll probably back the young master anyway. There are, there are two more I'd like to give mention to. Well, Vicente's in this as well. We'll talk about him for a little bit just because... Is there any point backing him? Because it's not at air and it's not April. <laughs> he only comes good in April, doesn't he? Yeah. And at air. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think he'll win this, but this it, it's a prep yeah, run, isn't it? He did. He finished second in this last season. He did? He finished second in this last season. He was beaten a neck by perfect candidate. Now, uh, I look, I'd never, I'd, I, I like Vicente, but he's... Definitely not the sort of horse you could trust. He is a bit of a nutcase, isn't he? I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go as far as nutcase yet. He won't have the time form squiggle if I was in charge. <laughs> but he would certainly have a little question mark over whether he needs everything to be suited to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There are a few in these, like, the like perfect candidate who beat him in this last year, I think is almost the complete opposite of Vicente in that perfect candidate's just honest in game mm-hmm. and tries his heart out. Vicente, quite happy to leave a little bit for himself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And a horse who was eye-catcher of the week Ooh. a few weeks ago. <laughs> I said he's got a big one in him. Sharp response. 14-1 to 1 for this. 
He's it's, been thrown in at the deep end, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> it's not. I, I said, I, I, I thought it'd be in like the re, the rehearsal chase at Newcastle or the Royal America or whatever. I mean, if Sue Smith takes him down south to battle all the southern horses, I'd be mega interested. I really like what he did at Carlisle. And I said, he's a stayer you, of I, serious is potential. Is this going to be a nap? Is this, can I put this in the title? 14 to 1 nap. 14 to 1 nap. What are we saying? No, because there's oh. another horse. Because there's another horse who's twenty to one, who I think who had back for this, which is Daklan Dyke. You and David Pipe, you've got a bit of a love affair going on here. I don't. I, I wouldn't say I have a bit of a love affair with him. <laughs> Daklan Dyke for me is a long-term Grand National horse. Long-term. No, I've got uh, nothing against this horse, but his name infuriates me. <laughs> it, it, like. There's literally nothing that he's ever done wrong. I've never backed him, but his name infuriates me. I just can't say it. No, I like him. He's he's, he's rated 140 now. And look, it's slightly disappointing last time pulled up at the Punchestown Festival. The race won by Wounded Warrior. He's still going. Jeez. Yeah, he, he was entered for the cross country, actually. He's not with Jigginstown anymore. He's got some new snazzy blue and white colours. But yeah, Wounded Warrior's back and he's winning races. Uh, but... I really liked him. He was a Mandarin chase. He won on heavy ground at Newbury last December. And then he flopped slightly at Punchestown, but he's only six. And staying handicapped chasers like this are going to be his game. Definitely are going to be his game. And a young, you said you're getting bored of the same old faces turning up in these sort of races. Daklan Dyke and Sharp response two of the new boys interesting who, who really really should be making making the mark felt if they're as good as I think they are hopefully right we're going to try and go now the Bet Victor Gold Cup and we're going to run we're going to try and have we're going to do a brief analysis of each runner uh, 1 to 20 runner by runner Bet Victor Gold Cup quick fire Jim number one Frodon go he's got a chance uh, he's really impressive in the old Rowan. Uh, he's carrying a lot of weight here, and I'm not sure that he'll be able to pack a punch. Yeah, he's he's in that strange little never zone of being... A graded and a handicapper. Yeah, he'll, he's, he's not quite grade one quality, is he? But if he goes for the handicaps, he'll always be off top weight. He's one six one. I like him. It, it, look, Frode on Briny Frost round Cheltenham. Suits them both down to the ground well. Mm-hmm. He can cope with a big ground. And yeah, he's certainly one to consider. Mr Whitaker, a horse that's very close to my heart. A horse who wound me up no end by winning at Cheltenham last season. He landed a, a beautiful double for me. <laughs> on a day when I didn't back Somerville Boy because Jim Watson talked me out of it. I then talked myself out of backing Mr Whitaker <laughs> and back Barney Dwan instead. Again... I like the, the race he won last time out. Were it up at Carlisle? Yeah, he won comfortably. Uh, Happy Diva's surname, Renee's girl, all in behind. Surname, the chaser of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's he's solid, uh, and I think he could run a good race. He's got course form. Again, the sort of horse you look at Mr Whitaker and you think, if if there's one to improve to the level he's of possibly sick. being a Ryanair horse. He's only six as well. So. Yeah, Mr. Wick, a solid chance. Another one I quite like, and he's gone on the radar, is number three, Javert. 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 <laughs> Owned uh, by Axum Racing. 
And yeah, he was second behind Froden. So if you chuck Froden into the mix, then he's got to have a decent chance. Yeah, he's a nine-year-old. Nine not had too, not got too many miles on the clock. He's only had ten starts under rules and seven of them over fences. Uh, winner at Haydock almost, well, over around two and a half years ago. Then he came back off that two and a half year break, won at Utoxy to last uh, two starts ago, and then second behind Frodon last time out in the old Rowan. Emma Lavelle trains him. One to, one to certainly consider, I think. Number four, Benatar. Third in last year's JLT at Cheltenham, stepping up against the big boys now. So, yeah, I, 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 th- I was quite disappointed with Disappointed him. last time in out. In the intermediate chase at Newton Abbott, and maybe the heavy ground just went against him. Where he got beat by Beggar's Wishes. Yeah, he shouldn't win this, should I he? I don't think so. I don't think so. I know he's, he's around general 10, 12 to 1 across the board. <laughs> I think he's a two-miler. Yeah. I'd, I think he's better over shorter than this. Two-mile sand down, jumping over fen- the railway R- fences. Railway fences, yeah. With Gary Moore's record, especially in them colours. Yeah, not. I'm not, not quite keen on Benatar myself. I can see why there's a case to be made, but not for me. Number five is a favourite, second behind Mr Whitaker at Cheltenham, rather be Nicky Henderson's horse, beaten by a head last time, last time out. Gets three pounds off Mr Whitaker this time. What do you make of his chances, Jim? He had good hurdle form, decent chasing form this season, uh, last season. He was unseated at Plumpton, went at one to seven, which <laughs> everyone thought, geez, one to seven fallen. And then he bounced back at Cheltenham and ran a cracker behind Mr Whitaker. He's deserved favourite for me. Uh, he should really run a good race. Jeremiah McGrath on board gets on well with him. I, I could see him. He'll be in the first three, I think. But he's too short to be backing at four to one for me. So, Yep. Uh, number six, Calondra. Again, the sort of horse, I think, who should be up to winning a race like this third in the silver trophy races at the April meeting I like him Jim for Neil Mulholland yeah we're third behind traffic fluid in that grade 2 at Cheltenham uh, he fell at the Galway festival so yeah I could I could see him being there or thereabouts but yeah, he's so a bit too short for me at 6-1 to one. Think, yeah I'd, I'd, prob- I'd probably if he was be slightly inclined to agree with that if he was 16-1 to one, yeah I'd lump on but he's <laughs> He's the sort of horse who I think though the market suggests you know, two five staying handicaps at Cheltenham. Well not staying, but handicaps at Cheltenham. Should be right up his street. Number seven. One for Gary Moore, Baron Alco. He was second behind Charbel at Chepstow, which was a cracking run because Charbel's with the nearly beat Altior horse. Yeah. Uh and then he was second in the Browns advisory. The race won by Road to Respect. So that's pretty strong form because he's come out and won the JM Wine. Yeah. So I could see Baron Alco running a decent race. Ten to one's decent value. Yeah, missed all of last season, but returned with a good form behind again. Charbel, who is probably slightly better than Handicap Company. And probably would at have, his best. Would have stripped fitter for that run now. So yeah, yeah and Baron Alco uh, could could lead my attentions. I think. Yeah, he's a yeah. I really like him. I'd I'd just like to have seen him win a little bit more. Four out, of, you know. I mean, he's mega consistent, but four out of his last five starts have been finishing second. And look, you can't blame blame him for when he was second at the Cheltenham Festival because 
he was beaten by a grade one horse mm-hmm. in a handicap mm-hmm. road to respect. But yeah, look, after a long time off, I was impressed with what he did at Chepstow last time, and he's certainly up there. Certainly up there. And number eight, another one for Neil Mulholland. Shantou a bit of an outsider time. Shantou Village. What price is he? He's a 25 to 1 general across the board. Is he, he's got a big race in him. He bought, uh, he won a race that one of my horses ran in Bagad Bihui at Worcester. Come on, Bagad. I know. Uh, and then he, he has sort of been disappointing since that win. He was fifth at Listall, which he, he ran creditably in the Kerry Nas- National behind Snow Falcon. Uh, and then at Cheltenham, he probably should have won the race that's the late main protagonist of the bet, Victor Stein race. So, Yeah, I, I think he's better over this trip. I don't see him as a out-and-out stayer. And he's won at this meeting before when he won the novice the novice hurdle back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, he's probably not as convincing as some of the others are. But again... If he was to come into the frame, I won't be surprised. Yeah, again, there's just a big race in Shantou Village, I mm-hmm. think. And if it's today and you get on him at 25s, well played, well played. And West then, Approach next. Yeah, number nine, West Approach. Fissile Crack's little brother. Yeah. Uh, I, d- I just I don't fancy him whatsoever. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, he ran in the JLT last season and finished sixth. He was third on his recent outing at Cheltenham. He obviously, they like to have a runner at Cheltenham. So Yeah, I I, I, again, I, I, I used to be quite a big fan of West Approach. I, I, I used to think he was a horse with a, a big future in him. He's Just been, not quite convinced me as a chaser yet. He's been back. He's been back to, into twelve to one now. So, uh, yeah, not I, for me. But I, I, I think he's a more of a stayer. Yeah, for me, I'd be more in. I'd be more interested in him if he was in the race before. Two mile four could be a bit sharp. Yeah. It? Number ten is the great old boy, Splash of Ginge. What an horse. What an absolute little tank. What a legend. Last year's winner. Um, beating, God rest his soul, Starkitect in last year's re- renewal. Uh, I, I could see, if he comes back to his old form, he could run a pretty decent race, to be honest. Yeah, second at the Cheltenham Festival behind the Storyteller and warmed up in a Potemps race over hurdles at Newbury last time out. Look, he's a general 33-1. to one. No, you, you and could it, have I, worse thirty-three to one. Oh shots, yeah, couldn't you? I, I know he's up in the race, and I know there was the big hoo-ha about him not getting in the Grand National last season as well. One absolute, what that'd have been brilliant. What an absolute nightmare that was that he didn't get in. But he's up to a mark of one four one now. He's still eleven pound higher than his last win last year in this race. Yeah, he could struggle, but do you he, think? Yeah. There are worse 33 to 1 shots. There man. are, but. Uh, Far worse. But he, he could struggle. 2 here. 5, Cheltenham, splash of ginger. Well, it's course and distance, but. Brilliant. No. no. I'd, I'd, I'm against you. I'm disagreeing with you. No. I might play each way on that. I really might. I'm really tempted. Because it's. I mean, my reasoning is just it's splash of ginger, it's 2 5, and it's Cheltenham. But that's what he does well, and he's a bet, you know, bet fair hurdle winner in the past. He is up to this level. I know he's not getting any younger, but 
just solid. Mm-hmm. Solid and consistent. Happy Diva, number 11. Kerry Lee's mare, beaten last time out. By Mr. Whitaker. By Mr. Whitaker. So, if you fancy uh, Mr. Whitaker, then you'll have to fancy Happy Diva. Gets on really well with Richard Patrick. And I, I could, I, I quite like him. He did beat Adrienne Dupont over fences. Yeah, uh, well, she's getting, she's getting 13 pounds off Mr. Whitaker this time. So, and with three, three pound claimer. So yeah, yeah. I, I could see this happening. Kerry Lee's horses always run well at the big festivals. I find, and I, I think she could, it could have a decent chance. I'm just, I'm not quite as sure. Just because you look at, all, you go through all the races. She's had eight starts over fences. And it's a five-runner race, four-runner race, seven-runner race, yeah, four-runner race, maybe the big runner race. fields might six-runner race, three-runner race, two, five-runner race, and they're muddling sometimes. Mm-hmm. Look, it's it's a good bit of form behind Mister Wicker last time out. There there are others I'd be more interested in than Happy Diva. Mm-hmm. Now another nearly horse is number twelve. Move with the times. Move with the times. He's always had this big <sighs> represent like. Big fan club. But he's got an engine, hasn't he? He has. He's got an engine. And he unseated at Fakenham on his start this season. I am decidedly not a member of the Move With The Times fan club because <laughs> every time I support him, he goes and does something stupid. <laughs> I can see where you're coming yeah. from there. His second behind Finian's Oscar was strong form at Cheltenham. Um, I'm just a bit frustrated with him and he would probably it, pop up and win and I've not backed him. Yeah, he's... It's, 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 He's becoming. He's getting to the twilight of being a nearly horse. Yeah. He's got one more run and in him. Well, one or two more runs, and then I think just, everyone's just going to go. Well, he's not a nearly horse. He's just, you know, he's he's got massive amounts of ability over the times. But he just like Paul Nichols. Just give him a slap. Yeah. Just <laughs> say to him, get get your head in the game. Sort yourself out. Jump properly. Uh, stop making silly mistakes at silly times. Twelve to one, though's not a price I'd be willing to back him at. God no! Uh, look, if he wins, it's full of fully justified because he's off a mark of one forty, which he should be really, really capable of winning off a horse of his ability. But there's just somewhat holding him back, isn't there? And I couldn't, I couldn't back him, even though I backed him last time out. <laughs> no, King Socks is a horse that come with a big name from France. He's uh, now trained by David Pipe because he got beat two and a half lengths by footpad at O'Teal. He's uh, been slightly disappointed. Went off second favourite for the Browns advisory at Cheltenham. So, yeah, fifth. That was that was only his second start, wasn't it for for Pipe? Is is it? He's 139 rated. It's a de- could be a decent mark for him to expose the rivals off. So, yeah, again, he's won. Here we go, it's David probably, Patch, Barmy no, Army. No, I'm not, I'm not mega keen on King Socks. No. Because he is just... He's just got that reputation no, for that one run against... Not even not even the reputation, I just think fifth at the festival, uh, that's probably about where he'll be again. Yeah. Somewhere between fifth and eighth, mm-hmm. I think. I don't see him as... I don't he see was him disappointing as, in the red run at yeah, so, I don't see him as mega well-handicapped. I agree there. Uh, number 14, Romain de Sanam. The big gamble last weekend at Aintree. He opened up 7-1 to one in the morning and was into 100-30. to 30. 
he he got beaten decisively at Aintree, and it. It's not something that I'll be backing in this race. Yeah, I, I, I could I could see where people are coming from, but he's, he's down to a mark of one three seven now, which is is fair enough. And, but and he's second in the Fred Winter was quite clearly his best run for me. Yeah, I, look again, it's almost a similar vein to move with the times of I think Romain de Sanam. He, he was fifth has, in this race. Has a big one in him last year. Yeah, so has a big one in him, but there there are others, I think, that are more convincing at the minute, mm-hmm. including another former Betfair hurdle winner, which is number fifteen, Ballyandy. No, I was very disappointed with him last time out. He he got beat by six lengths by ACDC at Weatherby. Uh, he he started his career very well. He bounced onto the scene in the national listed race at Cheltenham listed contest and then he's, he's do you know what I reckon he's been, been fourth in a supreme fourth in a supreme and I know he's not found fences as easily as I he should have done I think kept him to hurdles because he, he doesn't strike me as a chase thing is though I rate that race at Weatherby yeah more than it does I, ACDC is a horse going places yeah I think and Willie Boy, who was second in that race, he's in, he's in this race as well. But yeah, I think I like Ballyandy. Yeah. Maybe, I think he's poss- he could be the best handicapped horse in the race. Of 10 stone 2, Twisting Davies doing 10 stone 2. That's a very low way. Yeah, but I'd, I'd keep Ballyandy on side, I think. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number 16 is Jordi Deschamps. This is Rebecca Curtis's for. He's a very frustrating type. Uh, yeah, for was, JP McManus. He was seventh in the Sodexo Gold Cup at Ascot. Uh, he started to have a nice string of ones next to his name as a hurdler. Uh, he went over to Punchestown in a handicap hurdle and disappointed. Uh, he's since come over fences. He's won two chases out of his six runs. Uh, for me, not for me, really. Yeah, he's another one who I think... In a race this competitive, could probably has a little bit to find with the main ones. He's a general thirty-three to one, and that's probably a fair, fair reflection of his chances. Guitar Pete's won a similar race to this in the past. In number the seventeen, Caspian Caviar, the the good old boy. He's, I feel like he's been around for years. Uh, he's been a cracking sort, and this this could be a little bit too difficult for him. Do you think he's, he's one I'd put very much in the same category of splash of gingers? We know we can do it. We could know he's do it. It's just when. And I don't. I liked what he did last time out. He's second behind Weatherby. Born Survivor in a listed race. Yeah. Born Survivor's gonna, well, should be finally get his act together this season and turn into a good horse. That is fret. His fret. Born Survivor's threatened to be a good horse. Yeah. For about three years, and. He should do it this season. Guitar Pete's mega solid for Nicky Richards. And Nicky Richards stables in flying form at the minute, so Again, I'd if 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 you're not looking at the second season novices coming out of this, like Calandra, Ravaby, Mr. Whitaker, Benatar, there's a lot of the ones like Guitar Pete and Splash of Ginger, I think, are the next ones to be considering. Yeah. Because we know they can do it. It's whether, you know, Mr. Whitaker is a one sixty horse. Rather than a one five two horse, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and 
horses like Rather Be could be high 150s, really. But yeah, guitar Pete, mega solid. Willie Boy against. We, we've talked about the race linking with Bally Andy. He's beat Bally Andy. Um, it is, he's not someone I'll be backing. He's changed tables. He's, he used to be with Venetia Williams. He could still yet improve. For me, he, he shouldn't be winning. Yeah, this. probably just needs a little bit more improvement, Willie Boy. And there's a, there's another big price and. Big yeah. price one, number 19, yeah, and... Piped by me army alert. Jim's, Jim's going to slate me again. But I like Eamon and Knock. Oh. Maybe not for this race, but again, I've said it about a few in these. Big race in him, but over hurdles. Yeah, fair Mark deep. of 125 over hurdles, Eamon and Knock should mince me out of. Uh, he won impressively, well, not impressively, but won by a neck at Haydock uh, over fences earlier on season. He is a second season novice, so, yeah. He, he travelled like an absolute tank at the Cheltenham Festival, and, I thought. And he's carrying over a, free one. He's Didn't carrying quite get absolute home. nothing as well. So, ten stones, nothing to carry around. Uh, yeah. Didn't quite get home, and again, he could be coming somewhat of a cliff horse for me. But, 33 to 1, General Eamon and Knock. Again, quite quietly fancy him maybe not maybe not on my short list but, for but maybe uh, maybe on my long list <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean if if, if 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 I were to narrow the field down to about eight mm-hmm. I think Eamon and Canock would be in there for me yeah he would be yeah and the bottom one is Dr Richard Newlands who shot who who's had three w- runs over fences yeah and one is last two. two of them yeah novice novice chaser been winning in the summer twice at market raising. Uh, well, probably will find this race too hot. Yeah, probably should find it too hot. He's a general 50 to 1. That's a, probably a fair reflection of his chance. So, James Watson, we've gone through every single horse running in the Bet Victor Gold Cup. Put your neck on the line. Who wins it? Baron Alcor for me. Definitely. Decent price. Lump on. 10 I'm, to 1 nap. 10 to 1 nap, I'm going to go Mr. Whittaker. Oh, back to your old boy. Do, do, I don't want you crying if he loses. No. Because I know what you were like at Cheltenham. So. Well, well, crying because he won at Cheltenham. <laughs> Bloody hell. Right, and we'll move on now to the Sunday. It's Elgin and Wayne Hutchinson showing in front. Long-time leader Misterson is fighting back strongly at him though as they race up towards the line. Elgin in front, it's only a neck advantage at the moment, but it's Elgin and Wayne Hutchinson who just win to Misterson. Bumper edition this, isn't it? Well, we'll start with Sunday with the Arkle trial novice chase. Again, the Arkle field at the minute it looks wide open. It's very I know, murky, isn't it? I know it? Kalashnikov's favourite, but I think he's beatable. He's slow, I think. Yeah, I've, 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 I think I so. think they're running him over the wrong distance, but that's another podcast. Well, it's, it's not It's not like Kalashnikov. I think Kalashnikov's being run over the wrong distance, but I've, I think he kind of lacks the zip mm-hmm. of a few of a few other two-milers. Claiming taking Forgan's favourite for this, Nicky Henderson's, who made an all-right start, over fences were it were it at Stratford? Have I got that right? Utoxeter. Utoxeter. He beat Chesterfield and Chesterfield Decent hurdler. A, was a decent hurdler and then he was third the other day 
in a graduation chase at Carlisle behind Highway 101. Yeah, again, Claimer taking Falcons one of a few who seems to be at this similar a similar level as not as a novice hurdler last season. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are taking the step up to chasing this season. For me, he looks on looks he should be a better chaser. Yeah, than he is a hurdler. My only issue is his price at the minute, which is five to two, which is a price I would not back to save my life. Five not, to two is far too short. No, because there are some genuine. Well, I think there's three Grade One winners in this field. Mm-hmm. One of them's Deffy Desai. Jim Watson, do we keep the faith? No. No. He's gone. Gone at the game. Head's gone. Head's gone. Uh, he was flat in the Irish Champion Hurdle. Uh, he was flat in the Coral Hurdle at Ascot when beaten by Little Rockefeller. It's just the juvenile curse that they run so well as a juvenile that they can never back it back up. So, oh, well, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of take that, but on the other side of it, that it's hard. It's hard for juvenile hurdlers in their next season we saw it at the weekend with we have a dream mm-hmm. you know and it's it's been a while since a juvenile hurdler as good as Deffy Desai has gone over fences I know you look at horses like Peace and Co who just stayed over hurdles you know what I mean so we don't really know what they can achieve in this sphere and well I know Deffy Desai was had a dreadful season last year I'm not quite giving up on him yet. I won't back him for this. I've I've got big fancy in this race. I won't, and, it, I won't. and it's from the eye catcher of the week. Wait. <laughs> dynamite dollars. Aye, so when Sharp Response and Dynamite Dollars both win and everyone who listens to this podcast has piled on. Don't worry. I, you yeah. can buy us a pint at Cheltenham. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Do you really think he's up to this? Well, I've, I may be looking too deeply into this. He beat Highway 101 by nine lengths last on his chase debut. Mightily impressive. And Clayman Taken Forgan beat Chesterfield. Now, Chesterfield got beat by Highway 101 by two, nearly one and a half lengths. So, Clayman Taken Forgan's form through Chesterfield is not actually that strong over fences. But Dynamite Dollars has beaten Highway 101. And I think he's a lovely type. And you slated me for giving him a mark of 142. And he's got given a mark of 146. So I think Dynamite Dollars could have a serious chance in this race. I'm not mega, mega sure. I like him. I like him, but I think there's a little bit more to prove. In terms of hurdles form, because Lalor is a great one winning hurdle. It's Layla for me. It's not Lalor. How? Layla. Where's the Y? Laylaw. L-A-L-O-R. Lalor. Lalor. It's not French, though, is it? Is it? I don't want to prove that point. Is it French? The big question. Is Lalor French? No. There you go. See, there's no need to go, Lalor. Lalor. <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse. Some people call him Lawler. How did they get that? I'd not call a, him Lawler. There's not a W. There's no, let's, let's stop arguing about how we pronounce this name. We'll just call him... Kayleigh Walcott's novice chaser. <laughs> uh, beat Vision de Flore in the novice hurdle, grade one at Aintree. Uh, I don't know why, but I thought that was a really weak race and he was flat in the Betfair hurdle. Uh, maybe because he's trained by Kayleigh Walcott and this is nothing against her, but it just doesn't take my eye that much. 
he's look, he's he's certainly the sort who's entitled to be good enough for this. I think off the back of his entry win, the other grade winner, Ping Shu, I think has won a grade one, hasn't he? Didn't he win at the entry festival? He won a, uh, a few years ago. Yeah, he beat Mount Muse, uh, and that race looked fairly strong at the time. Yeah, it was a two mile with the top novice. It was the same race Lalar won just yeah, a year before. off. He's and, been off since Punchestown. And Ping Shu was beaten by Melon and Silos Emery. So, he, good he, form. He's got very good form and he, he could just sneak in under the radar, really. Yeah, I said he's been off for the best part of, well, he missed all of last season, been off for the best part of a year and he a half. He could just need this run, but he'd be one to keep on side for the rest of the season for me. Big time, big time. Over, barring Defi Desoy, you could probably make a, a fair claim for. Ping Shu being the best of these over hurdles. Dynamite Dollars is a big fan to your mind, though. Do you think he wins it? I think he wins easy. Doing handstands. Well, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Ping Shu. Yeah? Yeah. Or chasing debut. But I'm really looking forward to this again. There are... Well, the first five in the market are all exciting horses for I this season. I think bigger days for Ping Shu further ahead. So I think he'll just have a nice candid trot round. Uh, the Schler Chase is next. The Schler Chase. Head, the field headed by So Royal. Yeah, not Altior, unfortunately, who who misses this in favour of going straight to the Tingle Creek. I, I mean, he's a, he's a, it's uh, hard, it's hard. I, I don't understand why I don't fancy him when he's got the strings of ones and twos next to his name, but at 13 to 8, it's not a backable prize for me. Do you not think? No. Winner, I say winner on his last night in the Great Two at Doncaster, won the Henry VIII. He was impressive Love in his Henry VIII at, at Sandown on Boxing Day. Uh, for me, I'm a big fan of Le Prezien, who's second, who, whose form behind Silver Streak, who we'll talk about later in the Great Wood Hurdle, uh, looked like a race as if they were using it for him to come on. He won last year's Grand Annual at Cheltenham uh, when beating Gino's Trail and Top Gamble, and I think he's he's got... A pretty big future this season, and I, I could just, see him go close. I'd just like to see again for a lot of last year. Le Prezien was one of the, was one of the big one in Brigade, wasn't he? I think, and then he finally got his big on the Grand Annual. I think he'll surprise you. I'm not quite sure whether he's up to this. Soundly beaten in the Melling Chase, and I know that was over a trip shot uh, further further than his best. But there are some. Soul Royal should be a Grade One chaser, really. That that's what the aim should be for him. Brain power's in there. Who's a horse? I've I've never really, has never really captured my imagination. But again, we know he's at a good level. Le Prezien, I think, needs to improve a little bit. With So Royal, it'd be interesting to see if they stick to this route of the champion chase and then possibly send Footpad up further in distance because oh. they're owned by the same people. Because I could see So Royal running a decent race, would you rather win a gold cup with Footpad? Because do you think Footpad will stay that? Or would you rather see Soro win the Queen Mother and Footpad go for the... Well, off, off, off the back of Saturday's performance, Jim, Soro wouldn't win the Grand Annual. Sorry, Footpad wouldn't win the Grand Annual off the back of that. He's, he's, ob- he's obviously better than that. But Soro I think, is a speedier horse than Footpad. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... More of an out-and-out two-miler. Mm-hmm. I, I just think... Looking at this field, he's the one to beat. Thirteen to X, not 
short, short price, is it? So no, I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm quite keen on Sorrell for this. For me, I'd be an each-way play on Le Prezien. And we'll, all che- and we'll also all cheer on special Tiara, the yeah. old boy. What a little legend he is. He'd be 12 going into Cheltenham, so... Yeah, cracking animal. He's always been there or thereabouts. Yeah, and now, well, we're going to have to pick through this. I'm, I'm a the big Great fan Wood. of Silver Streak that's running in the Great Wood. I was there to watch him win the Swinton Hurdle at Haydock, uh, and then last time he beat Le Prezien in the Welsh Champion Hurdle. He's coming from strength for, to strength, and I think he's he's not exactly been a standout horse that everyone knows about, although he's won them two big races. But I think he he, he could take all the beating in this. He's got a nice weight of 11 stone five. I could see him winning. Yeah, Vedana Blue heads the betting. I, I know we've I talked can't about Vedana Blue running. I'd yeah, I I wouldn't if I was if I was Nicky. I'd keep I'd keep her. I her. wouldn't. I mean, if she runs, cracking chance. Yeah, cracking chance because if, if if she is a genuine, you know, the sort of horse to be picking up the races Bouverdere's not in mm-hmm. in England this season, she should be up to this off a mark of one five one, but. Again, I I wouldn't. It's not the sort of race that I'd be inclined to have a go with with her. Yeah, I'd agree there. Uh, Western Rider is a horse that everyone really takes their eye off. Big reputation for Warren Raytrex. I know Warren's really really rates his horse. You know he's he's beat Somerville Boy and Lalar in a novice hurdle right at the start of last season. Running a lot of the. Top novice races last season, sixth in, sixth in the Supreme, then fifth behind Black Op at Aintree. Yeah, he's a sort of on a mark of one four five. He should be able to build on. He I would think. need to progress again to be at that level, but yeah, I could see it. He's been a bit of a frustrating horse, I think, for me. He's uh, it's, it's fifth at Aintree. I thought he'd run a bit closer than that. He got beat by I I Charlie and more Mellor in that and. Yeah, I, I can't. He's not for me. Don't you think? No. He, yeah, he, he he's one I'm. I'd I'd be keen on. Another one stepping into open company is the four-year-old Nubi Negro, which is Dan Skelton's Spanish-bred horse. He was third in the Fred Winter at Cheltenham, wasn't he? Yeah, and behind then, Veneer of Charm, and then was fifth in the Juvenile Hurdle behind We Have a Dream. At Aintree, yeah, Grade One. So. He he's got fairly solid form when being behind, but he was mightily impressive when winning at Doncaster. And I know he was thirty to a hundred on, uh, hundred to thirty on, but I could see more to come from Dan Skelton's uh, gelding. He, he's he's yeah. I I know we've been talking about how hard it is for four-year-olds to come out into open company. Handic- ten, ten handicaps like nine. this, yeah, handicaps like this. Are the sort of race where they might be able to m- make the mark felt a little bit because I think New- I say Nubi Negro on paper should have more to come. He should, and the mark of one three five looks very very uh, appealing. I think Charlie but- Parks is a bit of a cliff horse for me. Uh, when he won at Kempton in the juvenile hurdle by eight lengths, and then he fell when probably going to win the Adonis. And then ever since then, he's been a nearly horse. He was six in the Triumph Hurdle. And he's just never come up to expectations, I don't think. 
And this could be a, a race where he's just sneaked in under the radar, radar at 20 to 1. So could be decent each way value. Yeah, he's not not quite for me, Charlie Parks, I don't think. No. Uh, yeah, another one who's just probably had a few more poor runs recently than positive ones, I think. I know he, I know he ran well last time out, but not mega convinced. Global Citizen is a horse that possibly could have needed that run last time out, and he was very, very keen in the listed hurdle when beaten by Fidux. I'd like to hope so, and he's a, because I really, really liked him uh, last season. When he won the Dovecote at Kempton, he went in everyone's notebook, I think, and then he was too bad to be true when sixth uh, at Aintree behind La Law. <laughs> Who? Kayleigh Woolacott's novice chaser, Jim. Correct. That, that's the one. Uh, and 20 to 1, he, he shouldn't be 20 to 1. And he could be each way of value. I, I, I like him, but not for this. I just, again, slightly both. Last two runs, I think he's disappointing. If he's as good as I thought he was, I think he, he should have won last time. I think he was far too keen and he just got tired in the final furlong. Uh, also has been doing a lot of winning recently is Storm Rising, which and is Dr. Richard Newland. Dr. Richard Newland has got this horse. Over from Ireland. He does well with him. He does. He does well with him, won both his starts. And I backed him when he won at Cheltenham. I think I tipped him up at 8-1. And I was impressed that day. And then he, he, ran, he easily won a race at Weatherby, which was just another confidence booster to try and keep his handicap mark down. Uh, he, he'd need to step up a lot to win this, yeah. but needs I, I another won't, step I won't forward. Rule him out. Needs another step forward, but he's going the right way. I Correct. think that's that's a fair way of summarising the chances of sharp, res- uh, not sharp response, storm rising. But I'm still too busy thinking about sharp response because he's <laughs> bloody class. Uh, but for me, Silver Streak wins this. Yeah, the other ones I'd like to give a qu- quick mentions to. I'll just go on about them a bit. Well, not even go on about them. Mohayed, this is his level, county hurdle winner, should run a good race. I'd like to think at 20 to 1. Gets on well with Bridget Andrews. Yeah. So, yeah. And the other one, I'm quite keen on. I'm not sure whether he's going to run because he's only a novice, but Dayran Dekarjak is highly thought of by Alan King. I know that. And I know he was beaten by Pim last time out. But we've slagged off earlier. <laughs> well, I don't think we've slagged Pim off. But off a mark of one two eight day around the Karjak, if he gets in, he might not get in. He's currently twenty fourth on the list. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. He's not for me. Sorry. Two runs over hurdles. The sort of horse who should take a step forward, I think. Uh, Jim, who wins? Silver Streak. Uh, I'm a big fan of this horse, and I think he still could. He's got quite a bit more to come. What about you? I'm probably going to agree with you. Silver Streak. Silver Streak for me, I think, yeah. Really impressed with him last time out. We've done far too much agreeing today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just an impressive horse. We'll just have a quick a quick run over the Supreme the Trial. The Supreme Trial registers as a sharp because, of course, racers don't have names anymore. No, they, they just name them all the same race and just put trial at the end of them <laughs> or dot .com. Uh, uh, registered as a sharp novice's hurdle, which is its real name. Seddon was mightily impressive when winning last time out at Stratford. He cruised into the race, race and soon quickened away. He 
won on his debut, winning by five lengths. Midfield in the champion bumper. Midfield in the champion bumper. He's got this interesting profile. Uh, I think he sets the standard for this race, but nice to see that Ollie Murphy sent two nice types into this race. Yeah, surely he won't run them both. I think Itchy Feet will run. He's jocked up, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he won, won a Kempton, listed race. Won a listed race at Kempton, beating Grand Sancy. Who's who's uh, more experienced and uh, rated 130, beaten by two and a half lengths. I'm quite impressed with that. I was, but I can't see him beating Seddon. The only one I can see beating Seddon is Thomas Darby. He was. He, he didn't have a clue what he was doing last time out of Cheltenham, did no. he? And he still beat Alexia de Newts. Do you think he'll run, though? I don't think he'll run. No, but, yeah, I know we've, we've already mentioned him because it's, it's rare we even bring up a maiden hurdle on this, but Thomas Darby looks like a serious, serious racehorse. Uh, that's a quick one for that. Seddon wins that field, do you reckon? Definitely. Five to two is decent price. I'm an itchy feet fan. <laughs> Are you not? If I'm honest, I am. Oh, I. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's probably the one to beat, in my opinion. Well, that's all of Cheltenham done. All of Cheltenham were an hour and twenty-three minutes into the podcast, and we've still got one race left to talk about because it's probably the most important race of the weekend. It is. Is in Ireland, the Morgiana, and if I read the eight names out who are currently entered, what an absolutely fascinating race! Do you want to do a drum roll, Jim? Faheen, Mellon, Sam Crow, Charger, Super Sunday, Tombstone, Wicklow Brave, and Lorina. Well, that is a who's who of the Irish two mile hurdling scene at the minute. And they're all entered. And they're all entered, and I, I hope they all go. Even, even the outsiders like Tombstone and Wicklow Brave had a good level of bare form. There's five of the eight of Willie Mullins's. Uh, at a price which making me think that it's not going to run but Lorena could be Lorena could be anything yeah Uh, we don't really know she was she she took everyone's breath away when winning the Mayor's Novice Hurdle Grade 2 at Cheltenham by 18 lengths and then did the same when winning at Fairy House so I think she's a serious champion hurdle contender this season and, but judging by the prices, I think Fahin's going to be the number one. Yeah, I, I read the odds out. General best, general best price of around four to five on five to six. Sam Crow, Fahin's fifteen to eight. Melon Freeze, Super Sunday eights. Lorina say tens, twelves, and then it's up to Charger twenties. Wicklow Brave twenty-five. Tombstone fifties. I mean. Sam Crow, surely it was too bad to be true last time at Down Royal. Mm-hmm. But do you just watch, or do you do you think do you do you think certainly he's gonna come on from that? We ignore that run at Down Royal where he's beaten by Bedrock. I'd I'd rather just watch him for this. I, he's not a backable price at four to five, no. is he? But because I I think there is a backable price in this. Yeah, Melon. Melon is a cracking price. Three to one for Melon to beat Faheen, whose best form last season came over three miles, and Super Sunday, who is a horse I'm a major fan of. And was only beaten a neck by Bouvardere 
in the champion of the last season. Yeah, that's Mellon, that is. So, uh, Mellon is, is the standard setter, yeah. and I do think he's a cracking prize. Super Sunday, I think he's almost the perfect intermediate hurdler over 2-4, is exactly what he wants. Maybe not quite quick enough for this. I'm struggling to see why Mellon's 3-1 here. I think he's just got the least to prove. I think Mellon should be twos and Faheen be threes. I think they should swap them round, in my opinion. Because Faheen, who knows with Faheen now, is is he back in working order? Is he a three-miler? Is, is he a two-miler? He absolutely bolted it last season, didn't he, in this? He did. Absolutely stormed it. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not writing Sam Crow off, but Odds on for a horse who was clearly flat last time. I'm not. I'm not mega certain that that's worth backing at all. I'd love to see Faheen win this, and it's very, very viable. But whether he's still got the speed over two miles that some of these have, Mel Melon were a neck off winning a champion hurdle last season, yeah. and he's the third favourite in this. So, Melon for Mel both. Melon for me. Definitely Melon for me there as well. Melon, yeah, Melon for both of us. Wow, that's mad. Me and Jim have agreed probably more times on this podcast than we did in the entirety of last season. <laughs> uh, we've just got a quick amount of time to fit in our eye catcher of the week. Jim, we'll have a minute each or less. Tidal floor for me. He didn't look like he wanted to win uh, the other day at Kempton on last Monday. He was he beat before midnight, whose form is fairly strong. He's he's raced five times and won two of them, owned by the Walters, uh, Walters Plant Hire. But tidal flow for Brocade Racing. Uh, his bumper form at Newbury is fairly strong. Uh, beat Burroughs Edge by five lengths, and then was slightly disappointed last time out at Wincanton but was giving way to way to some decent types in Russian Hawk, who's since come out and backed the form up, and Sam Aquand, who runs later on today. So I think going forward, Tidal Floor could be one. He, he looked as green as grass, and when shaken up by Richard Johnson, soon powered away. So Tidal Floor is my eye-catcher for me. What yeah, about you? Mine's one that's already won a grade three this season, but quick grab him, I think... There's nice races to be won in Ireland with him. Absolute, and I know a lot of people weren't too keen on what he did at Navin at the weekend because he probably should have won. Blundered his way, his chance at the second last, dragged his back legs through it, and then he absolutely stormed home. Finished like an absolute train. The level of that form might not be great. It might have been a bit of a weak grade three and quick grabbing was only fourth in it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and turned out to be the best horse in that race. Uh, yeah, there's there's novice novice hurdles to be won in Ireland this season with him, grade two, grade three, possibly even. I, I assume he'll go for the Royal Bond next, yeah, which is probably. a grade one. And Aramon won the race at the weekend. I'd probably expect quick grabbing to be shorter odds, to be honest. But yeah, mega impressed, despite him finishing fourth in a race he should have won. I agree very much there. I, I think he could be have a lot more to come this season. So, yeah. Right, is that it for this week? Yeah, I think so. 
Don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well, at Turf Talk Pod. At Turf Talk Pod, yeah. Uh, and a quick shout out to Atlas Helicopters, yeah. who who's been supporting us. Thing, so thank you very being, much for yeah, doing that. Being supporting us, if, if you need a helicopter, go to them. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>